Welcome to all those joining us for the Shir in Chaim Maharan. We're continuing, we're in the section of, in Hebrew it's Gedulas Noiroas Hasagosoi, the Rabbenazal's awesome attainments, achievements. And in the previous year, we spoke a little about, Rabbenazal spoke about the different countries that are spoken about in the Torah. And Rabbenazal said, if you look carefully, we only see discussion about the Asian continent. We don't see that much about the other countries. But, but Rabbenazal said, the truth is that in our holy Torah, all of them are included, all of them are hinted to, because Moshe Rabbeinu knew about all of them. And we were in the middle of paragraph 280, Reish Pei. Rabbenazal continued there, and he said that all of these stories that take place throughout the world all allude to much higher level things, spiritual things. Nothing, nothing that happens in the world is without a reason. And Rabbenazal said the entire world doesn't rest, doesn't come to rest, doesn't stop even for a second. There's things going on all the time, and all the things going on in the world allude to all kinds of things that they allude to. But Rabbenazal says this is all just hints compared to the infinity of Hashem. And this is all really small hints of what's going to be in the future. When we're impressed by seeing some of the things we're seeing today, some of the inventions and innovations and everything, Rabbenazal said all of this is really like small hints compared to what we're going to see in the future. Because there's going to be a chidish oilam, there's going to be a completely new world. And Rabbenazal said everything going on in the world today is like people working with thin, thin metal rods, metal sticks, like, like a, a child making a model, that kind of thing, which doesn't in any way reflect what the real thing looks like, what a real car looks like, or what a real building looks like. And Rav said that these statements of Rav are obviously very deep. And Rav says, Rav told us a lot of things like this, but it's very, very hard to put it into writing because these things are really very deep and these are the, the hidden ways that Hashem works. A person who heard it from Rav mouth was able to get an idea as to the level of depth that Rav was referring to, even though we didn't understand it, Still, each person on their own level was able to get a feeling that Rabbenazal was giving us very, very deep insights into what to expect in the future. The next paragraph, Reish Pe'alif 281, Rabbenazal says, this took place a, a little over a year before Rabbenazal passed away on a Moitzoi Shabbos, Saturday night. Rabbenazal said, if a great holy soul would come to us, we would still be considered very, very important. 
And he went on to say that the truth is those people that oppose me, Rabbi Nezal said, they're not really opposing me. They've painted a picture for themselves of a person who's doing all kinds of terrible things. And the person that's doing all those terrible things, of course, they feel they should be opposing that person. But it's not me. We find something similar to this in Sikhoi Saran, Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, paragraph 182. Rabbi Nezal said that he's sitting in his house and he said there was once a case like this where there were people who opposed somebody, someone, and he built for himself a, a tall tower and he stayed inside. And they tried to do battle against him they shot arrows and fire and everything, but they weren't able to affect him in any way. However, Abenazar said, there are precious stones which are formed from the air and from vapors in the air. And there was a precious stone that developed in the air, but it wasn't complete yet, it wasn't fully developed. And by these people shooting their arrows, trying to shoot their arrows to attack that individual, as a result of that, they ended up throwing this precious stone and it struck the tower. And this precious stone was a stone of chain, of grace. And the moment it fell on this tower, immediately all those opponents bowed before him, and they said, Yechi HaMelech, Yechi HaMelech, long live the king, long live the king. Rabbi Nezal continued, however, low-level neshamais, such as you, such as the people he was speaking to, who fall in battle, as the Pasuk says in Echa, Tishtapechno Avnei Koidesh, that when the, when the Romans invaded Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael, there were many Jews that were killed. The Pasuk says that these holy stones were splattered. And it's called splattered because we're talking about souls that aren't complete yet, and they fall before they reach completion. Whereas this holy soul, this precious stone, Rabbi Nezal said that I referred to before, this had this grace <coughs> on the highest level, whereas other types of perfection <coughs> it didn't have yet. However, the Chacham that was inside that tower, he was able to help that stone achieve its completion. This is one of those statements, one of those discussions of Rabbi Nezal, that obviously we don't really understand. He's referring to something obviously very deep. In Rabbi Nachman's stories, in the seventh story in Sipurim Maisius, there Rabbi Nezal does make reference to a, an Evan of Chain, a stone of grace. The next paragraph, Reish Pei Beis, 282, Rav Nosanzal says this took place about five years before that. Rabbein after Pesach, Rabbein was speaking to us, 
And he said that now he has come to understand two things. Rabbein said, however, I can't really express them because if I tell you them, they seem simple. However, and, and even the simple interpretation of these things has some meaning. However, Rabbein says, now I've gotten a true understanding of this. Number one, the fact that the Gemara says in Brachas, page 28, a person commits a sin and the person says, I pray that nobody should see me, chas v'shon. And Rabbi Nizal didn't expound on this at all. He just said those words slowly, that no one should see. And Rabbi Nizal didn't explain what he became aware of regarding this. The second item is the concept of tachles hayedia asher loyneda, that the highest level of knowledge of understanding is when a person realizes that they don't know. And Rabbi Nizal said that they really don't know. And again, he didn't explain this at all. But he said the term not knowing means literally not knowing. And even though on a simple level we know this is true, Rabbi Nezal said, but now I've come to this realization that when we say the epitome of knowledge is a person realizing that they don't know, I've come to realize that it means literally don't know. And Rabbi Nezal said that now that he understands this, if that's the case, then he knows that he's achieved this peak of knowledge. However, Rabbi Nezal said, it already seems to me that I'm at this level, and yet now I see how far I was from this previously. How, how previously I might have thought that I had this realization, but I really didn't know it at all the way I know it now. And Rabbi Nezal said, this item also, I can't really explain, because it seems simple, but Rabbi Nezal said, now I've achieved a true understanding of what this means. On, on our level, on a simple level, we say that the more a person learns Torah, the more a person learns about Hashem, the more we realize that we don't know, that we don't understand, that there's much more that we don't know than what we do know. And even when we learn about the greatness of the tzaddik, the greatness of the tzaddikim, the more that we learn from them, the more a person comes to realize that there's so much that we don't know about the greatness of Hashem, about the Torah, and, and everything that's included within spirituality. Any questions? Rav Nosenzal says now, the next paragraph, 283, that years later, in the summer, before Rabbi Nezal passed away, when he was traveling to the city of Uman, when he left Breslov, 
and was traveling to Uman, where he would be there for the last five, six months of his life, Rabbein Azal spoke about this topic again. And Rabbein Azal said, We know nothing. We know nothing about Hashem. And Rabbein Azal then elaborated in speaking about the greatness of Hashem that, that we have no idea. And Rabbein Azal said, I asked him at the time, you, 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 you mentioned this once a while ago, and you spoke about this, about the fact that the, the peak of knowledge is when a person realizes that they don't know. And you, you expounded on this, that even when a person comes to that kind of a realization, still they, they don't know anything. A person thinks they've achieved some kind of a height, but in reality, compared to infinity, compared to what it is, there is to know, the person doesn't know anything. So Rabbein Azal responded and he said, who knows on what level of knowledge I was saying it at that time. Because at that time, Rabbein Azal said, <clears throat> obviously I was saying it at a certain point in my knowledge. And he was implying that there are levels and levels. Tzadikim don't stop. They keep going higher and higher in achieving deeper and deeper understandings of Hashem and of the Torah. And then Rabbi Nassau went ahead and commented that from the time that we left the city of Breslov until now, which was only maybe a few hours, Rabbi Nassau said, in that span of time, I've come to a whole new realization that I don't know. And Rabbi Nassau says, understand the depth of this, that a, a, a human being, that it's possible for a human being to reach sh- such incredible high levels of understanding. And Rabbi Nassau says that previously we discussed this, that Rabbi Nassau's idea, when Rabbi Nassau said, I don't know, it was an incredible chiddish. In, in what, he, what, what was included in that, I don't know. But Rabbi Nassau says, even though we don't understand this really completely, I, I decided to put it in writing so that if uh, there'll come a time in the future, we'll be zeichet to understand this, each one on their level, and we'll be able to get an idea of the greatness of Hashem, how great Hashem is. That tzaddikim who achieve such incredible high levels, and they realize that everything that they know is referred to as not knowing anything at all compared to the greatness of Hashem. The next paragraph, Reish Peidalit 284, Rav writes, I once heard Rav Nassar say that through him we can get an understanding, a realization, a little bit of a realization as to how great Hashem is. Meaning, by us getting to see what levels, what heights Rabbein Azal reached in, in knowledge and recognition of the greatness of Hashem, and still Rabbein Azal said, what am I? I'm nothing, I'm just a, a human being. 
From this, we can get an idea and to understand thousands of times more so the greatness of Hashem. And Rav Nosanzal goes on to say, a person who was zecheh, to get to know and to get a feeling for Rabbeinazal's greatness, this would make the person feel incredible awe of Hashem, of the greatness of Hashem. Because by being in the presence of so great a tzaddik and hearing the things that he was able to share with us, it would give us an idea, a feeling for the greatness of Hashem on our level. The next paragraph, Reish Pei Hei, 285, Rav says, Rav was once talking to me, and he said with deep longing and yearning, how does one get a chavraya, a group, a group of students like Rabbi Shimon Bar Yuchai Zal had, and, and a group like that? And Rabbi Nezal said, and I would put my head in, into, the, into the group also. I'd stick my head between them. And then Rabbi Nezal said, wherever there would be such a chavraya, probably I would be their rabbi. The next paragraph, Reish Pevov, 286. Rabbi Nezal said, um, I, I wonder, I really, I look at the world in wonderment and I see that wherever there's something really good, it, it's something that should come close to me. And he said this in Yiddish, Where there is a genuinely good person, it makes perfect sense that that person should come close to me. We'll do one more paragraph and we'll take questions. Reish Pezayin, 287. Rav Nosan said that in the winter of the year 5,563, which is when Rav Nosan first met Rav he met Rav in the month of Elul, and a couple of months later, right after Sukkot, the winter started, Rabbi Nezal said to me at that time that he knows the roots of the Torah from where the Torah comes from. Because we know that there are Shoroshim, there are roots that are way above the Torah, which is where the Torah comes from. There's a famous quote in the Zohar Kodesh, Oiraisa mi chachma ilo nafkis. The Torah came from a very, very high level of Chachma. And we know that in the Sifrei Kabbalah, usually the Torah is referred to as Tiferes, the sphere of Tiferes. We know that the three forefathers, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, are referred to as Chesed, Gvura, and Tiferes. And Yaakov Avinu, who is Tiferes, is also called Emes, Titain Emes Yaakov. And Emes is another term for the Torah. The Torah is called the Book of Emes. We say in the morning, the Baruch of Venosan Lanu Torah Emes. So the Torah is referred to as Tiferes. Above Tiferes, there's Chachma and Bina and there's Keser, there's higher and higher levels. And Rabbi Nezal said, there are these higher levels, these levels of wisdom and knowledge that are above the Torah that cannot come into the Torah.
Then Rabbein Ezra said, There's a term used in the Gemara, Asmachta. Asmachta means when we have a certain idea that's not mentioned openly in the Torah, but there's something in the Torah that hints to it, and we can sort of attach this idea, this concept, to that posik or to that word in the Torah, even though there's no clear connection between them, but on a certain level, there's definitely a connection between them. So Rabbein went on to say, there is the concept of asmachta, where there could be a very high level of wisdom, that through asmachta, it's connected to a pasuk, to something in the Torah. Because that item is on a very, very high level, and again, there is some connection to it in the Torah. Rav Zaleitz, I also heard that the term asmachta means when something is leaning on something else. Like, like, let's say when you have an older person, the person who's old and, and, and wise, and they can't walk by themselves, so they'll have an assistant. They'll have somebody much younger, much smaller than them that they lean on. But Rav Nassim went on to say, certainly, the one who is leaning is obviously a much higher level than the one that they're leaning on. See, here also, when we're talking about these certain incredible high levels of wisdom that are above the Torah, but there is an asmachta for it in the Torah, what it means is that, again, there are items in the Torah that are a lower level than this incredible high level of Chachma, but yet they could be a connection, a base, for this very high level idea or wisdom. Any questions? These paragraphs are not necessarily connected to each other. These are different ideas and different thoughts that Rav Nassim is presenting that he heard from Rabbi Nassim or that he saw. The next item, Reish Peches 288, Rabbi Nassim said, we have, to, we have to actually say thank you and express gratitude To those people who are phonies, who fakers, they fool people. Because through the opposition, where some of these people oppose us and battle against us, it enables us to achieve great heights. So that they're, in actuality, they're doing us a great favor. And Rabbi Nezal went on to say that through Machloikis, if a person handles it the right way, the person can achieve very, very big things. Like we find, the Gemara says in Temura, regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, that when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, during the days when the Jews were mourning the passing of Moshe Rabbeinu, 300 halachos were forgotten. And Yehoshua, who was the closest student of Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the one who took over the leadership of Klal Yisrael after Moshe Rabbeinu, 
he asked Hashem regarding these halachas, and Hashem said to him, to tell them to you is impossible. Go and achieve them in battle. Go battle to be able to achieve them. And the Torah tells us that one of the great religious Jews at that time, Osniel ben Kenaz, he's the one who succeeded in restoring and returning to Klal Yisrael these 300 halachas that were forgotten. Through his knowledge, through his deep knowledge, Bit Pilpulai, the Gemara says. And, and Rabbi Nezal said, Osniel was a warrior. As we find in, in the Navi Yoshua, it says that Kolev ben Yifune said, whoever conquers the city of Hebron, I will give him my daughter Achsa as a wife. And the Torah, the Navi goes on to say that Osniel ben Kanaz is the one who went and conquered the city of Hebron. So we see, Rabbi Nezal says, that through Milchama, through battle, he was able to restore these 300 halachas that were forgotten. And Rabbi Nezal was implying that the battles that he endured, people who battled against him, all those that opposed him, in many cases, this helped Rabbi Nezal achieve certain very high levels of wisdom and knowledge that he couldn't have gotten to otherwise without this machloikis. We know Rabbi Nezal also said that a person is compared to a tree, ki ha'odam just like a tree, in order for it to grow, you have to throw water at it, so too a human being, a tzaddik, in order for him to grow, sometimes needs to have the, this machloikis thrown at him in order to help him in his growth. The next item, 289, Rabbi Nassim says, I heard Rabbi Nassim once say, in, in Hebrew, Ani kan kan chodosh moleyoshan. I am a, a, a new vessel full of old, old things. We know that wine, the more wine is aged, the more precious it becomes, the more special it becomes. So Rabbi Nezal said, I am a new, a new kankan full of old aged wine. Like. Rabbi Nezal says, we also found in Rabbi Nezal's writings that he wrote, I am the Zokin Shebekdusha, I am the elder of holiness who reveals things that were hidden by Atik Yoimen. Atik Yoimen means the ancient one referring to the deepest secrets of the Torah, deep secrets that are referred to by this terminology. Now this term that Rabbi Nezal said, I am a new vessel full of old, meaning that on one hand, people that read Rabbi Nezal's forum, and especially during his time, Rabbi Nezal was looked upon like a maverick. He was, he was making, ma- revealed, you know, presenting all kinds of new ideas that others weren't talking about. So that people today, new age writers and people like that, that, that are writing today, in reading Rabbi Nezal's forum, they say it seems that Rabbi Nezal was writing for us. 
he wasn't writing for the people 200 years ago. He was writing for today's times. So on one hand, what Rabbeinazal was speaking, he was speaking to, to the people of his generation and people of later generations. And yet, if you study Rabbeinazal's teachings, he didn't add anything new to Yiddishkeit, but rather he revealed and, and, and reawakened the old, the path that our forefathers, Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, went on, and the path that the great tzaddikim of the past followed, especially regarding prayer, regarding purifying one's thoughts and one's actions, and, and the other items that Rabbeinazal presents. The final item of this chapter Rav Nassenzal writes that I heard from Rav Enezal that he said that we know the Gemara towards the end of Mesech de Brachas, the Gemara quotes a statement that was made by Ben Azai. Ben Azai was considered one of the leading rabbis of the Gemara, a tremendous tzaddik, a tremendous chacham. And Ben Azai once made a statement. He said, Kol chachme Yisrael doimem olai keklipas hashum. All of the rabbis of the Jewish nation, compared to me, they're like the peel of garlic. Chutz min except for this bald one. And he was referring to Rabbi Akiva over there. And there are hundreds or maybe thousands of interpretations that have been written about this statement that Ben Azai made. What, what did he mean by the Klippa Sashum? And why did he refer to Rabbi Akiva in this way, referring to him as Kereach? So Rabbi Nezal said, I could make that same statement that Ben Azai made. However, I don't know who to list as the Chutz, who's the exception. Ben Azai said, except for Rabbi Akiva. I, I don't have who to say except. And Rabbi Nezal said, I, I, I don't want to do half a quote. And Rabbi Nezal says here, it seems that Rabbi Nezal had some kind of an important kavana here, an important intent in saying why he doesn't want to say this, because he doesn't want to say it unless he can say the whole statement. Any questions, please? The next section. Yes. It, it seems as though Rabbeinazel's teachings are especially suited for messianic times. Is is that sort of hinted at here with the, especially the proximity of the teaching there on Asmachta, and then later on talking about. Rabbein is those special uh, qualities. Is, is is did he talk about that specifically? The, the answer is yes. There's a there's a, a famous quote that that 
I don't know if it's Rabbein Zal or Rabbein Zal who once said that when Moshiach will be teaching Torah, at the end of his lecture, he'll say, as is explained in Likute Maran, meaning that the Torah that Rabbein Zal is teaching us, a lot of it is that Torah of the future. Okay. Well, thank you. Yes. <clears throat> the next section is entitled Mailas Hameskarvenelov, the the great benefits and and the great importance of those who come close to Rabbeinazal. Rabbeinazal once said to his two students, Rabbi Yudel and Rabbi Shmuel Isaac, <clears throat> they were very poor and they used to travel to him from the city that they lived lived in, which was called Dashiv, they would travel to Medvedevka, which is where Rabbeinazal was staying at the time. This is before Rabbeinazal moved to the city of Breslov. And one time, these two rabbis decided that they want to move closer to the city of Medvedevka so as not to be so far away. And they went ahead and did it. They moved out of their city, Dashiv, and they moved to a, a location that was closer. And then Rabbein Azal once commented that I yearn, I yearn for the trips, for the, tr- for the roads on which you used to travel to me. Every single step that you used to take, these rabbis were so poor, they couldn't afford a horse and buggy. They would walk to Rabbein Azal for miles. And Rabbein Azal said, with every single step that you took, an angel was created. So they commented that even before we, we set out on the trip, there were all kinds of preparations, the, the times that we were able to rent a wagon, till we went to find the wagon driver and a wagon that we could, there were steps taken over there also. So Rabbein Azal said that that's also included, that's all part of the package. From every one of those steps, a malach, an angel, was created. And Rabbein Azal adds here now that on the final era of Rosh Hashanah, before Rabbein Azal passed away, when Rabbein Azal was in Uman, he spoke about this, and Rabbein Azal made an incredible statement that's very well known in Breslov. In Yiddish, Rabbein Azal said, Ich wünsch mir, as ich soll solche sein zu sehen, dass Lichtigkeit von die Wegen, was ihr fort auf sie zu mir. Rabbeinazal said, I wish for myself that I should be privileged to be able to see the light, the incredible light of the roads that you travel in coming to me. Implying that the traveling that a person does to get to a tzaddik is something very, very significant. And there's an incredible high-level spiritual light that's generated from the, the traveling that people do to get to the tzaddik. It's very apropos that we're learning this now, where after Tisha B'Av, <coughs> we're headed towards the middle of the month of Av, and then we have Elul and Rosh Hashanah. And this is a time when people all over the world are talking and preparing for traveling to Rabbeinazal, traveling to Uman. Many people are planning and hoping to be able to be in Uman for Rosh Hashanah. And though there are those that aren't planning to do that, some of them are at least planning to get to Eretz Yisrael, to go to Miron, 
or to join the kibbutz, the gathering in Miron or in Yerushalayim, or to join even the gatherings that they have in America and other places where Breslavers gather to be together for Rosh Hashanah. And there's a tremendous amount involved in preparing for such a trip. And Rabbi Nezal made it clear here that all of the preparation has tremendous significance. And the actual travel, if a person sees that they have to travel hundreds of miles or thousands of miles, and some of it is done by airplane and some of it on buses, and it even requires walking, to know that there's tremendous significance on a spiritual level by this traveling to the tzaddik. The next paragraph, Reish Tzaddik Beis, 292. Rabbi Nazal said, it would, be, it would be proper, it would be right, that the world should be amazed by the love between us. Between us, meaning referring to himself and all of his students. And this is a statement that the Breslavers are aware of, that Rabbi Nezal made such a statement, and this is what he really wanted to see among his students. He wanted to see this kind of a deep love. Rabbi Nezal in Likut Imran speaks about the, the love that a person feels for the tzaddik, and he quotes a pasuk where Dovr HaMelech and Yoinasen, <coughs> who are an example of two of the best friends in the Torah, one of them said to the other, Nifleisi ahavoscholi me ahavas noshim. The love that we feel towards each other is greater than the love that people describe that a man feels for a woman. And this is certainly what Rabbi Nezal wanted. We, we, we know that the Satan works very, very hard to try to destroy this, to try to be mevalvel this, to try to confuse this. I remember hearing stories about the Breslavers before World War II <clears throat> that when they, when they would come for a Hashanah, they'd be traveling to Uman or some during the years that they couldn't come to Uman when there was a kibbutz in Poland when a large community gathered in the yeshiva of Reb Meir Shapiro, the, the large yeshiva in Lublin for Hashanah, when people would arrive and they'd see each other. They'd be hugging each other and kissing each other. There were people that were making shechianu. There were people that would be crying tears of joy at how excited they were to see each other. Remember, in those days, there weren't telephones. There weren't telephones available, and and people didn't see each other for a year. Some people didn't see each other, you know, from from the previous Rosh Hashanah or certain lengths of time that went by of not seeing each other, not being able to talk to each other. And there was such an expression of love and joy and happiness when they did see each other. The next paragraph, Reish Tzadik Himmel, 293, Rav Nosan says, I heard that Rabbi Nezal once said to his students, <clears throat> What do you have to think about and, 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 and be perplexed about? <clears throat> All you need to do is give me rocks and cement or plaster, <clears throat> and I'll build incredible, incredible buildings from it. <clears throat> Meaning 
that we don't have to get caught up in all kinds of complex thoughts about what we should be doing and how we should be doing. Our mission is to serve Hashem with simplicity, to be learning Torah, more Torah, and more prayer, and more mitzvahs. That's our job. And Rabbi Nezal said, I'll just bring it to me, bring me the ingredients, <clears throat> and I'll make from it incredible, incredible buildings. In Yiddish, ihr darft nur zutrogen Steiner und Waffner, you only have to bring stones <coughs> and cement, und ich baue von dem Binyonim, and I build tremendous structures from this. <coughs> and Rav says, when he said the term Binyonim, he said it very slowly, implying that these buildings that Rav Nezal builds from our Torah and mitzvahs are very, very special. Rabbi Nezal once said, on each one of my followers, Hashem says the Pasuk in Yeshaya Novi, Yisroel asher Poer, the Jewish people in whom I take pride. Any questions? The next paragraph, Reish Tzadik Dalit, 294, Rab says, I heard it said over in the name of Rabbi Nizal, that he said that if he wanted to reveal and show us the yira, the fear of Hashem that he has, the fear and awe for Hashem that he has, we wouldn't be able to stand next to his house but Rabbein Azal hides this era intentionally because it would be something that would frighten us, that would push us away, like the thunder and lightning at Har Sinai, that kind of thing. And Rabbein Azal says, I myself heard that Rabbein Azal once said to me, <clears throat> I am a treasury of Yira Shemayim. I am an oitzar of Yira Shemayim. <clears throat> that anyone who wants... Anyone who wants to have real Yerushalayim can get it from me. And Rav Nosanzal says, we, we actually saw this with our eyes, that anyone who came close to Rav on any level, the person was immediately filled with tremendous Yira, tremendous respect for Hashem, for the Torah, for mitzvahs, and the person immediately became inspired and motivated regarding Yiddishkeit that you, you didn't see this anywhere, you didn't see this kind of effect anywhere else. And Rav Nosanzal adds now that today also this great Yira is hidden in Rav Nosanzal so that anyone who studies Rav Nosanzal honestly and with sincerity and simplicity, the person is able to, to receive incredible yira, incredible respect and awe for Hashem, and the person becomes deeply inspired and aroused to want to serve Hashem, to want to get close to Hashem. Because all of Rabbi Nezal's words are like fiery hot coals, Rabbi Nezal said. The next paragraph, Reish Tzadikei, 295. Rav Zal says, I heard it said over in the name of Rabbein Zal that he once said 
if people would see a fabulous, fabulous treasure, wouldn't they run to it? And, and if they had to climb a mountain to get to it, wouldn't they be willing to dig with their hands and dirty themselves with all kinds of dirt and mud in order to get to this fantastic treasure? Rabbi Nezal said, I am a treasury of Yerashamayim. Why aren't people running after me and chasing after me to be able to receive this? And they asked Rabbi Nezal, how do, how do we get this from you? How do we obtain this from you? And Rabbi Nezal said, with your mouth and with your heart. That's how you dig. And in, in Yiddish, mitn pisk un mit just as we find there's a Pasuk in Chumash Dvorim where Hashem says that the Torah is not far from you. Hashem is not far from you. It's within your mouth and heart to fulfill what you need to fulfill. And the emphasis here is that these are the most important parts of the body in a person who wants to come close to Hashem or to come close to the Tzaddik is for a person to use their mouth in speaking words of Torah and words of tefillah, especially words of tefillah coming from the heart. A person putting their heart into it, really putting their heart into it. Paragraph Reish Tzadik Vov, 296. Rabbi says, I heard it told over in the name of Rabbi Nezal that in the Zohar Kodesh, in the introduction to the Zohar Kodesh, it says there, Is Yira the Is Yira. There's one level of Yira and there's a much higher level of Yira. Referring to Yira Soinish, fear of punishment or fear of consequences. And then the higher level Yira is an awe, when a person is in awe of the greatness of Hashem. Rabbi Nizal said about this, I would like to reveal and, and bring into your hearts a yira that there wasn't a yira like this in the world yet. Reish Tzadik Zayin, 297. Rabbein said to one of his students, the Shabbosim, that a person spends with me, when a person comes to me for Shabbos, are greater <clears throat> than a person fasting seven times from Shabbos to Shabbos. Meaning, <clears throat> a person eats on Shabbos till Saturday night, Moitzoi Shabbos, then stops eating on Saturday night, no more eating, no more drinking, until Friday afternoon, until the Kiddush of Friday night. I believe it's brought that a fast like that is considered like a thousand fasts. A person being able to fast like that for six days straight in a row consecutively. Rabbi Nezal said that a person spending a Shabbos by the Tzaddik is like seven of those. That's how meaningful, that's how special it is. We know that in the Zohar Kodesh, the Tzaddik is called Shabbos. We, the, the students of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi said to their rabbi, Unto Shabbos the Kula Yoimi. You're the Shabbos. We're like the six days of the week which receive our whole bounty, our whole sustenance from the Shabbos, from the Bracha of Shabbos. So Shabbos 
is, is the tzaddik, and when a person goes to the tzaddik for Shabbos, it's considered something spectacular. Do you think that is accomplished even today by going to Shabbos? I believe yes. I believe yes. I was going to say in the beginning, it might, might not be the same, and in some ways it might even be greater, because greater than during Rabbeinazal's lifetime, because we know the Gemara says, and this is a very serious fact, that a tzaddik is greater after he passes away than during his lifetime. So a person traveling and coming to, Rabbe, coming to a tzaddik, coming to the grave of a tzaddik, to spend Shabbos in that vicinity, it doesn't mean sitting by the grave the whole Shabbos, but it means that my whole purpose of traveling to that place is to be with the tzaddik for Shabbos, to, to, to learn his sparim, to say the tefillahs, and my focus is coming close and making a connection to the tzaddik. I, I would also say that on a certain level, on a certain level, it applies even to the students of the tzaddik. The Gemara says <clears throat> that if a person wants to see a tzaddik, look at his student. That a true student is, receives the face of the tzaddik. So again, it's not the same, because the Gemara, when the Gemara compares Yahushua to Moshe Rabbeinu, the Gemara says it's like the moon compared to the sun. There's worlds of difference. But even there, there is tremendous significance and importance spending a Shabbos with a Talmud Chacham, with a true Talmud Chacham, who is attached to the tzaddik. Reish Tzaddik Ches, 298. Rabbein once said to someone that we know the Torah tells us that Dovra Melech's son of Sholem led, or he did many things that were terrible. And at one point he actually led a rebellion against his father. He took some of his father's midwives, he, he prepared an army, and he drove Dovr HaMelech out of Yerushalayim. Dovr HaMelech was on the run. In the end, Avshalom's army was defeated, and Avshalom was killed by Yoav. And it says that after, after Avshalom was killed, Dovr HaMelech was mispalel for him. He poured out his heart to Hashem, and Dovr HaMelech said seven times, Avsholim, Bini, my son, my son, my son. And he said this crying bitter tears, pleading with Hashem for Hashem to take Avsholim out of Gehenim, out of the lowest level, minus seven in Gehenim. And the Gemara says that each time Dovr Amel said Bini, Avsholim was bumped up a level. Until when Avsholim, when Dovr Amel said the final Bini, Avshalom was taken out of Gehenim and put into Gan Eden. So powerful was the tefillah and the tears of Dovr HaMelech. Rabbi Nezal said this power that Dovr HaMelech had to say Avshalom eight times and take him out of all seven levels of Gehenim and bring him into Gan Eden, I have that power also. I possess that power also. That through speech alone, to be able to take a person out of all seven levels of Gehenim and to bring him into Gan Eden. However, however, Rabbein Azal added,
on condition that the person tells me everything that they're lacking. Exactly. It means uh, one form of this would be a vidui, an actual confession, and another form would be the person opening up and telling the re- telling the tzaddik what's wrong with them, what where where they feel they really need the help, but being honest, very honest and open with the tzaddik. We'll close with one final item, Reish Tzaddik Test two ninety nine. Rav Nosanzal says, Rav was once talking to me about this incredible, important point that it's impossible for a person to become a really religious person unless the person come clo- comes close to the true tzaddik of the generation. And Rav said, before the tzaddik is in the world, a person can come close to Hashem on their own, by working, striving on their own. But once the true tzaddik is in the world, it's impossible, 100% impossible, to really succeed completely in coming close to Hashem without coming close to the tzaddik. And Rav Nosanzal writes, that I have a beautiful discussion to say about this, and if Hashem will give me the privilege to write it, I'll explain this in another location. We'll hold it over here for now. Again, in Chaim Aran, there are things that we understand more on our level, and there are things where it's obvious to us that we don't understand it. But we believe that if Rav Nassau wrote these things down, there's definitely a very important benefit to our neshama to learning these things and understanding it on our level. We should be zeichet, that this should inspire us and motivate us to learn Rav Nassau's to come close to the tzaddik, and thereby to come close to Hashem. And be zeichet to the geula shleimah b'mheir b'yameinu, amen v'yameinu.